Hey y'all, this is Mel Offlerbach and you're listening to Green Juice and Tequila Season 2. Green Juice and Tequila represents the earthy, organic, natural vibes colliding with raw, imperfect, and unfiltered stories. Some of us can have it all together, y'all. Eating the latest health nut craze, drink our green juice, meditate every morning. But we also have a side that's vulnerable, real, and sometimes stressed. Life throws you curveballs, y'all, and that's okay. You can be both, green juice and tequila. Well, hello, y'all. This is Mel Offerbach, and you're listening to another episode of Green Juice and Tequila. I'm really excited and so looking forward to this upcoming guest, a dear friend of mine who's been in the wellness industry for quite some time. I've even worked for her in the past 12 years of knowing her as well. But I've got my dear friend and Pilates instructor and Pilates studio owner, Liza Edebor. Thank you so much for being on this episode episode lady of course happy to be here so pumped to hear about your story and you know I was Liza and I were kind of chit-chatting a little bit before um we started recording just about um I mean we're we're in time of quarantine right now during the coronavirus so talking to all of these business owners and getting an understanding of what they're needing to do to get creative to keep their business going but um I'm excited just to hear a little bit more about how you got into this business and some tips and tricks because I mean when I hear Pilates especially out in the Lakeway area you like your name is the big name that always pops up so oh yeah that's like, so sweet thank yay. you that's nice to hear yay okay so Liza why don't you just go ahead and just kind of share a little bit of your story your background like what got you into Pilates how long you've been teaching Pilates what inspired you to open up your own studio and we'll just kind sure. of take it off from there Okay. So I, well, I'm from Maine and I went to, um, undergrad and and grad school in Maine and got an exercise physiology degree. And with that background, it's mostly your traditional exercise trainer type information that you're going to get. Right. So I was training friends and everything for free, mostly through college, but basic like gym workouts, you know? And so I did that even when I moved here in 2002, I did that even here in Austin, Um, and I just, I just didn't feel great. I was always in pain and I was like, this doesn't feel right. And then I took one Pilates class and all of a sudden I was like, oh my, that's completely different. Like I hurt, but like it was a good hurt, you know? Yeah. And it was like a stretch and it just felt better. And after doing that for a few years, just as a student myself, um, I just got really into it. I saw my body completely change. I felt like I used to suffer from fibromyalgia back when I was in college and that completely went away. Like, but that was also my diet too. So my diet changed, my workout changed, every, my mental state changed and everything just went away. I felt better. And once I started doing that and I got, I don't know, I just, I got good at it. And I was like, I think I need to do this. This is maybe where I'm supposed to be, what I'm supposed to be doing. Exactly. And so I started teaching. Yeah. I started teaching at a couple different studios here and, um, quickly became, you know, uh, a popular instructor and always thought, oh gosh, this would be so great to have my own studio just because I, I'm a, I'm a bit of a loner. I don't know if that's the right, the word, but I, I, I like to do things in a certain way, I suppose, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and I like, 
It's, I'm not traditional. How about that? I'm yes. not a traditional Pilates instructor. I'm not a classic instructor. No, yeah. You're, you're so like your own I wanted fusion. to bring in, yes, I wanted to bring in my own like athletic vibe to it. And I wanted to kind of take that, that energy that you get from going to the gym and lifting weights and, or doing like intense cardio and pair it with this like amazing stretching mental thing that you have to focus on this mind body connection that you have to have for Pilates. And so I started doing all that. And then, um, it just didn't seem like it was the right time to open for various reasons that we can talk about later. But, um, and then anyway, long story short, once I built a really good, strong clientele, um, and one of the places I was working at was going out of business. I was like, well, now I'm kind of being forced to do it. I have to keep teaching. I have all these clients that still want to work out with me. Now's the time to build the to build the studio, to build your brand. And so when you, so you've been teaching Pilates since you said since 2012, were you, so did you start with, cause I mean, my experience with, I think it was 10, my experience with Pilates has been the Cadillac and floor Pilates. So was there a specific part of Pilates that you were really drawn and attracted to that you're like, this is where my body is driving the most results and I'm seeing the best response out of my body because of this particular portion of Pilates. Yeah, for sure. Not Matt. I've never really been like a Matt based, um, instructor, but I, all the machines, the chair, the reformer, the Cadillac, and then I have spring walls at my studio too. I also now have TRX and pull-up bars and a bunch of other equipment that's definitely not traditional Pilates equipment, but um, I kind of fuse it into my to my workouts. But my goal with every client, and I tell them all the time, is I want you to get your cardio and your strength training and your flexibility training in one hour because yeah. no one wants to go run after their Pilates class or before it. Nobody wants to go and do like a deep stretch afterwards because they're not going to, let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> and so I want to do it all in one hour and that's what I aim to do. It's So it's more of like a hit circuit type training. Love it. But with the with the Pilates machines, with like really good, you know, rap music. What what what's the benefits of using <laughs> of using these of these Pilates machines? Like I feel um like like you and I were talking before. Yeah. The first time I ever did a Pilates Cadillac class, I was like, "Holy crap!" I have never yeah. felt my abs like that be worked. And I was doing right. like CrossFit and you know running sure. and heavy lifting. So if right. you were telling a client who's never done Pilates before, like what yeah. are some of the benefits of using the machines and how it can affect your body? So I always explain to people that when you're doing heavy lifting things or when you're doing any sort of like intense cardio, it's always a larger muscle group that you're focusing on, right? And a lot of, all of Pilates is a deeper intrinsic level of muscle control. So it's your smaller muscles that are going to be, that basically need to support your larger muscle groups. So like, for instance, for an athlete, they're typically training in a large muscle group area, or even someone that's doing CrossFit, you'll see big muscles or you'll see big abs or things like that, but they don't necessarily have control over those muscles, you know? So I love getting athletes and cross CrossFitters are my favorite Mm because they think they're in such good shape and then I just destroy them. (laughs) But But, you know, because they have all those nice big showy muscles, but they're not functional. Right. Okay. So I'm trying to teach your body how to actually fun- be functional. So, so that when you go to lift your groceries or you go to lift whatever furniture or whatever you're doing, your activities of daily living, you can actually do it with purpose. You can move with purpose. And so that's my goal is to get your core strong, to get your back really strong. 
and to just get your hips opened up and and your, your abs obviously really engaged with every movement that you do because all movement stems and originates from the core. And if you don't have a strong core, you're just wasting your time. Oh, exactly. Well, and so <laughs> you had mentioned like some of your clients, you you do work with quite a few athletes. Like I've seen you work yeah. like big football players to these big CrossFitters, like like, do you feel like there's the benefits behind Pilates for those athletes when they're healing injury or they, you can tell people like, listen, these guys are playing way better in their games and they're performing better in their practices because of this particular fusion, um, classes that you're offering. Yes. Yes. I mean, one of my guys that I got a lot of, uh, press for, um, had never done Pilates and, um, was a major league baseball pitcher and, and very obviously if you made it to the majors are extremely successful, but I took one off season with him and we worked out every day, super hard. He just said, whatever you want me to do, do it and I'll do it. You know what I mean? And, um, he won this, the Cy Young that next year, oh, <laughs> which is my the gosh. MVP for the greatest baseball pitcher in major league baseball after one off season. That is like, cr- it was insane. He went from, you know, like a really good pitcher, obviously, to, to the best pitcher. And it was just because, and he was so, I'm so grateful to him because he was so vocal about it. He was like, it's my trainer. She just, she taught me how to use my body in a different way. And he started to learn how to throw in a different way and use, use his core differently. And, and he had more length and more stretch in his lats and in his follow through. And so all that stuff kind of connected with, obviously, he's a freak of an athlete anyway. Right. And he was really, really good. I mean, some athletes are not as good about doing stuff outside of their workouts, but this guy was like the best. I mean, he always was stretching. He ate well, he slept good. He had low stress. I mean, he's just like a phenomenal person in general. So it helped that he was a good candidate to kind of work with. But yeah, I mean, he went from, he won the Cy Young and then the next year after that, they won the world series. That's insane. Liza, that's incredible. And (laughs) it was awesome. Well, I think that athletes are just people in general when you, you just have this pre-notion that you're, you're needing to lift like super heavy weights rather than using your right. body's resistance or, you know, using like the springs or the TRX bands and how those can yeah. really build and strengthen the muscles that are, you know, the things that you need to use on a daily basis that we don't realize yeah. how it affects our performance when you do lift or you do a box jump or you're a runner or whatever that might be, how right. incorporating that practice can affect someone like a pitcher be able yeah. to perform his best ever just by ever. that's incredible. So yeah, he's amazing. And so now I've now, and then I have a, a really good basketball player that's worked with me for about eight years. Um, and now I have a bunch of NFL guys and things like that. So it's, it's awesome. It's, it's literally my, I mean, I love working with all my non-professional athletes of too. Course, it's of so course. fun to see the change in anyone's body and the way that they feel. But with an athlete, since I get to literally see it then display on the field or yeah. on the court, it's like, it's, it's, I mean, if I could do all of, I mean, it's just, it's the greatest reward oh ever my gosh. just to see them be successful. Oh, I bet. I know as like a teacher, when you see a student, um, you see them transform, you see them feeling better and they get out of your class feeling better. It's like, God, I did my job, yes. you know, make it, it's, it's so reciprocated yes. back to us. I just think it's so funny. I've seen so many of your stories when you have these like huge athletes and you're so <laughs> tiny next to them. I'm like, those yeah. guys are dying on those reformers. I know, I know. 
I, I, I will say that I very much enjoy that. I, I do enjoy that usually guys come in and they think this is going to be nothing. And within five minutes, they're so humbled and they're like, okay, whatever she tells me to do, I'll do. But who is this chick? You know? <laughs> Playing this hardcore and rap music in the background. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I've got like all that. They're like, oh my gosh, what is happening in the studio right now? And, um, but it's awesome and they love it. And, and then, you know, everyone's friendly. Obviously nobody cares. Although I have, I've had people be like, oh my God, I can't do this or, or F bombs, you know, like yeah. this is horrible. Like yeah. this is the worst workout ever. And I'm like, it's okay. It's going to get better. Yeah. I'm going to make you better. I promise you, I'm going to make you better. Exactly. Only goal. Exactly. Yeah. So, so, okay. I want to like shift gears just a little bit into back into, yeah. okay. You started teaching Pilates the studio you were working at closed down and this was your opportunity to be able to start and open a business. I I can't tell you how many people I've talked to or have asked questions about like, Mel, how do I start a business? Like, where do I go from here? How do I like even the, the back end of like making sure your company's a legitimate LLC or C corp or you have insurance, like all of those things you have to be able to put in place to be able to be a thriving business, especially when you're working with other bodies and you have that liability. So I'm, I'm just curious if you can maybe like lay down the tools and the background of how, like what motivated and pushed you in the direction of opening your own studio. What are the things that you needed and had to have in place in order to open your doors and be successful where you are right now. Right. So I, like I said, I wanted to do it probably two years before I did it just because I knew I wanted to be on my own. And, uh, but I, the biggest thing I always tell people is you have to have a really solid base of clientele. And, and I'm not talking about just like the sheer number, but they have to literally love you. And, yeah. and, want, and they're going to support you. And you know they're going to come three or five times a week because you can't have the flighty people that are going in and out and hopping all around all those places. I mean, you have to have people that really believe in you and this is what they're going to do before you can open. And I had a strong following before I opened. I have a much stronger following now, thank goodness. But uh, I just, you, you have to do that. I've had people that have been like, well, I teach like, uh, you know, I teach five classes a week. I'm ready to open a studio. I'm like, no, I was teaching eight classes a day for somebody else's studio. That's where you need to be at to be comfortable. I feel like, you know what I mean? Oh, for sure. More than likely, if you go from one studio and then you open your own, not everyone's going to follow you. They might stay and that's totally fine. I mean, it's no big deal, but you got to account for that loss of, of, of revenue as well. And you just, you, you just have to believe in yourself. I would say that's also the truth. I've, I've never done anything that I didn't wholeheartedly believe I could do, if that makes any sense. Like I, I, I'm a big fan of myself in terms of, I feel like I can do it and I just make myself do it. Yeah. Like, well, I'm just, this is what we're doing now. So just put a hundred percent into it. Yeah. I I completely can relate to you on that for sure. Yeah. I think some people also, it's like, it's like a hobby or they're not really sure. They're like, you know, and, and that's where you fail. I think if it's your hobby, it has to literally be an eat, sleep and breathe situation. Like I go to sleep and I'm like, what am I going to do to them tomorrow? What, what can I do better to this person's body? How can I fix this little thing? And you have to really be involved with every client. Like I know every injury a client has, I know their background. I know if they've had kids, I know if they've been divorced, I know everything because the mental that they walk in here with is just as important as their physical. Absolutely. So I, I'm super involved in my clients. And I think that's too, why I only teach by myself. Like I'm the only instructor here, the owner and the only instructor, because I want to know that what I've done to them is not going to be different from what the next person does the next day. Does that make any sense? Like I wouldn't, 
Exactly. Well, and I think as a studio owner, whether you're doing Pilates or yoga, a bar, it's like you have to be so invested into your business. You're the face of the yeah. business. You have to be in there, like you right. said, teaching, you know, every single class when you first when you first open your doors and you know, yeah. build the clientele base and build a structure and a standard of what your clients expect and having expect. that consistency with each class. And that's why I've never had another instructor come in. Everyone's like, why do you do this by yourself? Cause I've been open now for four years and everyone's like, don't you want vacation? And I'm like, I mean, yes and no, but I really love doing this. Yeah. I love being here. I do like to go, I mean, vacation would just be to go home to Maine, I guess, and visit my family. But I, I don't really, I, I like being here and I like, um, being able to be accountable for what my clients are going through and things like that. And knowing that they're going to get the same quality every day that exactly. I'm going to provide. You know, and then in terms of opening it, yes, I mean, yes, there's a lot of liability and you have to have, like you said, your insurance and all that stuff. And I had to order all the equipment. All of my equipment is custom made equipment. I didn't order, you know, just stuff that you can get on Amazon or stuff that you can get from even like a big, huge um, Pilates equipment source. I went to a guy, his name is the Pilates doctor and he's out of um, Boulder, Colorado. And his dad actually was the builder of peak Pilates equipment back when he was younger. He was one of the builders. So he grew up kind of how Vasher's growing up in the studio watching Pilates. He grew up watching his dad build machines. So that's incredible. That's what he now does. And he normally would just go around and service Pilates studios. And when I met him, I was like, what if I wanted to build an entire Pilates studio? Could you just do that for me? And he's like, yeah. So he built my whole studio. I have some machines that are bigger than normal standard size um, Pilates equipment because I knew I was going to have bigger guys in here and athletes. And so, and then uh, again, I've just built out other types of equipment. I have rebounders and TRX and BOSU balls and HyperVibe, which is my vibration plate. Um piece of equipment. So I have a lot of different stuff than an average Pilates do anyway. So how long did it take you to kind of prep before you had your doors completely officially open? Like, was this like a six month process of prepping? Was it a three month process of prepping? And like, just curious it was about, about time. Yeah, it was about four months and that's because it takes 12 to 16 weeks for him to make the equipment. Cause I ordered so much and I needed to build out the studio. I have a warehouse space that was literally just a CrossFit box before just like insulation, dirty floor, nothing. Oh my gosh. Your place is so beautiful. To, oh, thank you. I had to build walls and I had to add mirrors and I had to add decor. And I wanted it to feel like you were walking into someone's house. And because I also was worried that if I wasn't successful, I would have to live here. So <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's going to be really cozy in case I have to live here. And so you know, I've got heat and I have AC and I have um, plumbing for a shower. If God forbid I had to live here and I had to add a shower and you know, oh stuff gosh. like that. So, um, it's, uh, you know, it's got twinkle lights and plants and it's very, it's, it's cozy and it's cute. And it's, it's not what you expect when you open the garage door for sure. From the outside, it looks like a yucky warehouse, but it's really pretty on the inside. So what would, so what are some of the things that you've seen just being in the business for as long as you have, where you've seen mm -hmm. a studio fail and the, the parts of their business that has failed that you're like, Ooh, I'm taking note of that. And I'm not going to do that mm -hmm. when I open my business. Is there any of those insights that you can share? Uh, offering unlimited, um, classes. I think that it holds people less accountable and it hurts your bottom line 
at the end of the day, that's really what it's doing. I think that if um, I have a very strict 24-hour cancellation, just like a doctor would or someone else, you know, if you are going to cancel, I've already reserved that time for you, you're going to get charged. And everybody knows that. And it's just if you set those guidelines in the beginning really strict, then people just adhere to them and it doesn't end up have to be uncomfortable situation. Yeah. Um, so cancellation notice and then um, charging the right amount, not doing any... Um, what are those things called? Groupons? Oh, yeah. Or class passes? Those kill your business. Well, it, de- kill, I saw it, it kill devalues you. It, it devalues you. And you have to recognize that you are valuable and that you're a good personal trainer or a personal applies instructor, whatever you are, and that people are coming to see you. Yeah. And, they're, and so they're willing to pay that if you're willing to, to offer a, a very good workout and also all the other stuff, but, but yeah, Groupons are no good. And, um, and class passes is like the death of every studio. Oh my gosh. I, unless you're a huge franchise. If you're like a huge franchise that's nationwide, I think you can get away with those things because you're of course. a franchise, but I'm not, I'm a small independent, one little studio. And, um, so yeah, yeah. I, I will never forget. I worked for a woman. Um, she was a woman CEO. It was in the tech industry, but when I met her, I was doing private yoga. And she had hired me to come do private yoga at her home six days a week. And, um, I remember like, she was one of my biggest clients. This was probably like 10 years ago. And I just was like, Oh my gosh, I'm charging her. I feel bad charging her this much for a week rate. Cause I'm here all the time. And she's like, listen, yeah. you are worth way more than this. And if yeah. you do not value yourself, no one else is going to value you. If you want to be worth a million dollars, you better charge a million dollars. And if someone says, oh, can I pay a half a million? You say no, because then they're not supposed to be your client. So I I remember, and it stuck with me. And that's how I am with every portion and part of my business is I know what I'm worth and what I'm value. And I will not go below that. I will not discount it. I won't, I'm like, I won't convince myself out of it. And even though I have that guilty conscience that I want to help every single human being that comes through my doors, but if you don't value your spell, especially as a woman, you're not going to, it's going to crumble. You're, and you're going to get burnt out. You're going to resist it and you're not going to want to do it anymore. And, and let's be honest, people like you and some of our other friends that we know and, and I are not just giving somebody a workout. Mm-mm. We're giving them therapy. Yep. We're giving them emotional support. We're giving them mom advice. We're giving them business advice. We're giving them nutrition advice. We're giving them health advice. I'm doing all of those things for my clients. I'm spending time at the end of the night sending them stuff that I've read that I think would help them physically or that would help them with their diet. And, and just that's stuff that... You, that's not where you're going to get at a chain, Mm-mm. right? You're only going to get that from someone who's really passionate about what they're doing. And they really, really care about their clientele. And I really care about my clientele as I'm sure you do. And it's just, that's why it's okay to and, charge what you charge. Well, and I think that's what drives success and it drives credibility. And that's why we're, you know, able to yes. have these businesses, you know, grow and continue to grow outside of that three year slump on um, which, you know, I, a yeah. lot of studios, their lifeline is a five-year lifespan. And then it's typically really, really hard to keep going from that. What are some of the things that yeah. you're doing to continue to grow your business and to make sure your business stays successful? So I try to add, every year I try to add new equipment. So like my standard Pilates equipment has always been what I've always had. But after year one, I added, what did I add first? The, t- um, the pull-up bars, I think. And then the TRX. And then I added rebounders and then I added BOSU balls 
And then last year I added the Hyper Vibe, which is a vibration plate. I have two of those. I need to get six more actually. Um, <laughs> and, um, and so, you know, I just always try to add something different to the workout. So they're like, oh, wow, this is a whole new machine. What are we doing now? Because for those people that have been with me, some people for literally 10 years, I, I've got to change it up. Yeah. Like they can't have the same workout every day. They'd be like, well, I'm not getting any effect. You know, I'm not getting any difference in my body. So I have to change it up. So I'm always looking for, you know, new equipment. Um, oh, I have these core flight, uh, like glider ab workout. I've things seen those. As well. so, oh my gosh. Yeah, they're amazing. They're mm. so awesome. And yeah, so I'm just always trying to add something different. And then in addition to that, I usually add those other type of pieces of equipment to the Pilates equipment at the same time. Right. So I'm doing very unconventional Pilates, if that's the right way. I want yes. To say. Yeah. But people like unconventional. And I think a, a lot of times those studios that only have one product that they're offering, it's really hard for them to evolve as a business over years when more and more competitors come in. If you like have, sure. if you have those rock all-star instructors that are on your staff, like, yeah, that's going to be like your, your gold nugget of why your clients are coming in. But if you have one single product and you're not offering other things or you're evolving your, your, your business, it's going to be really hard to stay consistent, successful, and to get above that, you know, that black or red line that you have in your business. Um, what is the one question that you get from people who maybe want to open or start their own business and come to you and be like, Hey, this is my big question. How did you do this? Or, you know, what's this first step? Like, what do you feel like that's that one question people typically come and ask you? Well, I don't, people always ask me, how did I start it? And I tell them probably what we just discussed, but I, the same process, but the biggest thing that I always tell people is do not open unless you have a strong base. You cannot open unless you have a strong base clientele. You can't be like, Oh, I think I love bar. I'm going to open a bar studio and you have 10 clients. You're not going to make it. I mean, you just, you know, oh, you, you have to really have a strong following. Yep. I completely agree with you on and that And you have one. to have a work ethic that is insane. You have to have a crazy work ethic. Yes. Because this is not, this is not for, for the person who thinks they like Pilates or thinks they like personal training and wants to maybe do it, you know, a few hours a week. This is for the person, like I said, I've been here since eight o'clock and it's six o'clock. Oh my gosh. That wants to work 10 hour days in the studio. I'm going to be here tomorrow at seven. And that wants to work at night when you get home on the business side. Because that's the other thing too, as a single business person, I have to do all of the billing and all that stuff by myself. And that happens at night. That doesn't happen during the day like everybody else. Oh my gosh, girl. Well, and not only are you doing this by yourself, you're a single mother on top of that and are raising your son. So like when you started this business, were you, were you married? Were you divorced during that time? Like how did that affect your, your business in general? Just, I've talked to so many women on this podcast this season over divorce and how that's affected them emotionally, personally, but also it's driven this amazing creature of whatever that might be into something, something super amazing in the future. So I'm just curious. Cause I know right. like you've been in this community for, for a long, long time and you know, you have had yeah. some great success. So curious to hear that portion of your, of your journey. So I was only married for, oh, let me think about it. I, we were married for a year and then we had Vasher 
And then we were only married for another year after we had Bachelor. So we were really only married like two years. And and it was, you know, and we had, obviously everybody has their own struggles and things like that. But, and you know, he had opened a business at the same time and I was still working for somebody else. And so I think our schedules just didn't work and we just weren't on the same page about literally everything. <laughs> and I told him one day, I was like, look, here's the deal. I don't hate you yet. So let's just chalk it up to a loss before this gets really uncomfortable for everybody. Yeah. And because we have a lot of mutual friends and Vasher was still so little, he was only one. And I was like, you know what, let's just, before he remembers anything and is traumatized by it, like at five or six or seven, or, or he sees like a bunch of, or he feels like, let's be honest, the energy in the house was terrible. Yeah. I don't want him growing up around this really intense energy. And I just said, let's just chalk it up to a loss and we'll be friends and we'll figure this out. And he was fine with it. So we got divorced. It was actually really fast and really easy. And um, nothing has changed in Vasher's life. He lives in the same house. He has the same schedule. He sees his dad, you know, once, you know, at the same amount that he always did. And um, so nothing really changed for him. But yes, as a mom that was working for somebody else, and then I also have another little side hustle business that I had at the time, and I still have that, just a very smaller business. Um, I had that going on. And then I was working at Rough Hollow, like with, yep. with you and doing all their activities yep. and doing all their programming. So I had, when oh. you first met me, I had just gotten divorced. Oh my I gosh. had like an 18 month old child and I had three jobs. That is insane. That three jobs. Insane. And I, like, I remember when you and I met, I don't, God, I feel like I was taking, I took Pilates from like one of your Pilates classes or something. I don't know how we got introduced, Maybe, but I don't know. then when I started yeah. teaching yoga for you over in Rough Hollow, I knew I had heard your story. I was like, dang, this girl is, she's a rock star. She like, I, I mean, I'm, Aww. I definitely have so much respect for women who, can come out of a really bad situation or a really challenging situation and still mm-hmm. have this drive and focus to, con- to continue to move forward and pull themselves out of the mud and not just sit there and sulk in it. Like I, I've talked to a lot of friends of mine who are going through divorces and stuff right now. And that's kind of the biggest thing is just like this sense of feeling lost and, you know, not knowing where they're supposed to go or what this new life's supposed to look like. And I'm just like, y'all, you got to pick yourselves up and just take a one step forward at a time. But I mean, I have so much mad respect for those women who do do multiple things at one time and can find that balance and still be able to have a family life and do something that they're passionate about and make them happy. So, yeah, I was taking Vasher everywhere. I mean, I would take him to my Pilates classes. I would, when he was a baby, I would Bjorn him and teach the class. Oh my gosh. Bjorn. And then when he got a little bit older, I would spread out my classes so I could nurse him in between sessions Shut up. and then try oh. to put him down for a nap. And then if he woke up from his nap, I would hold him during the session. Um, and then as he got a little bit older and he was walking around too much, I would hire a babysitter to come with me yeah. to the studio um, or I would, you know, when I was at Rough Hollow, I would bring him to all the events I was working. I mean, he literally, he's with me all the time. He's just, he's my road dog, you know? Oh, and I, and I think that because he grew up like that, he doesn't, he doesn't ever complain because people are like, is he so bored? I'm like, I mean, maybe, but he just, this is his life. Like he doesn't yeah. really know. Yeah. He doesn't know anything <laughs> different. Work with, work with mommy. And the, the flip side, the, the good thing about that is he's going to know how to work. He's going to understand and he's going to appreciate strong women. And when he starts dating and looking for girls that he's interested in, he will not be interested in girls that aren't of strong will. Yes. And that don't have a strong confidence about them and that aren't, 
God following lovely women. Hopefully that yeah. is the path that I'm leading him on. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to do. You're doing but a good you know job, I mean? Mama. So it's good. It's good. I think he's going to turn out fine. I mean, he's already turning out fine. So I think it's good for him. Because, you know, I saw my my dad built his business when I was a child. I saw that and I was like, I think that's what I want to be. I'm an entrepreneurial type person. Yeah. I love that. And I always saw my parents working out and I thought you have to work out. So those are important things I think to have for your children. So your dad really like set a very strong, manly, productive tone and a quality. Are those similar qualities that you look for now? And like, are, are you looking to date again? Are you looking to have a relationship or is like your job kind of like your relationship? Well, right now my job is my relationship. Yeah. It's not that I don't want to date. It's just that I, I don't have the time. And I always joke with my clients and my friends and I'm like, I mean, unless he walks into my studio or I meet him at church or H-E-B, yeah. it's, you know, I'm not out there looking for him. Like he's going to have to find me here. <laughs> but, uh, because those are the only places I am, Whole Foods, H-E-B, church in here. So um, so there you go. If you're an entrepreneur, you're a strong man, <laughs> you respect women, you're okay with, with having a really cool kid, then you need to walk into Liza's studio. That is the only way you're going to get a date with her. That's the only way. That's the only way it's going to happen. <laughs> so I'm definitely not actively pursuing anybody. So anyway. Well, you would be a catch. I tell you what. Um, so what would be the one advice you could give a woman who's thinking about opening up their own wellness studio, whether that be Pilates, yoga bar, whatever cycle, if there's just one thing, little nugget that you could give to those people, what would that be? If they're opening their, well, just that they would be, that they're sure that this is, um, a very big undertaking that they want to take on, um, and that they want to work extremely hard. Yeah. You never, you know, when you own your own business, there, there are no hours. It's 24 seven. Yep. You have to be available by text. You have to be, I mean, you can tailor it to your own preference and to where you're going to not respond to clients at a certain, after a certain time of day or a certain emails or things like that. But depending on your relationship with them, I mean, you really do have to be available and you have to be understanding of people's schedules and you have to have a really strong, like I said, a really strong cancellation policy. You have to have a really strong set schedule and you have to have, I mean, you're running a business. It's hard because I, as I'm sure you do, become really good friends with my clients because we spend so much time together. Mm-hmm. So that business side is hard, but I have to kind of turn it off and say, yes, you're my friend, but yes, I'm going to charge you for today. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> got to set I your boundaries. Have, you, know, it's, you have to set your boundaries. Thank you. That's what yes. I was looking for. Yeah. I love that. Strong boundaries, strong will, and a huge desire to be successful. Yeah. and And I think also too, just to like, know that you're going to have super highs and super lows and that's part of the business and that's part of the journey and to just yeah. not give up on that. If you know that that's your, yeah. your destiny and your future is to own your own yeah. business. Like, like you said, you got to, it's your soul. It's every part of your life is going to be into that business. Correct. And you have to believe in yourself a hundred percent. I believe that I'm really good at what I do yeah. and you, you have are, to just girl. keep believing in yourself. You are yeah. that, and that magnetizes out to your clients and to the community. We believe that. Um, so Thank I want to shift gears. I always play a game with my with my guest on my podcast called Twenty Questions, okay. and it's just okay. like a fun way to get to know you and to know parts of you that maybe people don't necessarily know about. So I'm just gonna like shot off a couple questions. You answered as honestly as you can, and it'll be super fun. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Um, Ready. Okay. 
What is your favorite athletic apparel? Like the brand? Yes. Like your, what is like your go-to uh, like so outfit that you wear when you work out? Oh gosh, that's really hard. Um, I do love Lulu. Of course. I do. Of course. Everyone loves Lulu, right? But um, I'm a brand ambassador for Carbon 38 and I love Carbon 38 because they have their own line of workout wear, but they also have like Adidas and Stella McCartney for Adidas and they have uh, Beyond Yoga Ooh. and they have Halo Yoga. They have everything on their site. Oh my gosh, so I love that. So they're kind of like, they're like a Revolve, but for workout wear, mostly. Oh, ooh, I might have to go check so them it's, out. It's Revolve. Yeah, they're amazing. So I love Carbon 38, and I recently discovered this company called Workshop, which mm-hmm. is a single woman-owned business ooh. in California, and she's amazing. She's an artist, and she's a, an amazing artist, and so she started taking her artist designs and putting them into leggings. So I have these really awesome, no I need to buy some more, I'm way behind on buying, but um these really cool leggings that have like uh, a skull on them. I bought them for um, Halloween and one side is like purple and the other side is black. And she draws like owls and, and um, all kinds of spiritual animals like unicorns, but they're, they're done. They almost look like a tattoo. It looks like your whole leg is tattooed. That is so stinking cool. I'm going to have to go check her out. She's my favorite actually right now because her leggings fit amazingly and they just make you look so good. And, uh, so I love her stuff right now. Love so. it. Where, yeah. um, who's like the most influential woman in your life? Ooh. Mm. Could she be like, Oh my gosh, who's my most influential woman? Could be anybody. I don't know. I know. I don't know. I mean, my best friend is my sister. We talk every day. Unless she's too busy recording. And so I think that because we're so close, we probably are, we're probably the most influential people for both of us, right? I'm her person. She's my person. She's a um, a singer songwriter. So she's an entrepreneur herself and her own business. And so we support each other in that aspect, I would say. Um, In the fitness world, I think I've always loved Tracy Anderson only Mm -hmm. because she's, been in the game for so long and she's so different. God, she right? is so different. I recognize she's so different. And I don't, I'm not saying this, I've never even really done a ton of her workouts or anything. It's just that her vibe is like, I'm Tracy Anderson. If you want to work out with me, you come to me. And yep. that's kind of how I feel. That's why I haven't ever, like, I don't plan on doing some big, huge, a bunch of elite core franchises because no. that isn't what I'm about. It's about seeking out this person that you want to work out with. And I love that she has stuck with that. And and built her whole business around her. I love that. Um, if I were to open your bedside table next to your bed in your drawer, what would I find? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I don't even use it. So <laughs> I think what's, I, I really don't. So I think what's in there is probably a flashlight for reading. Cause I read to Vasher before bed, obviously every night. And I like to have lights off. So I use like a little magnet flashlight or a little magnet, whatever. It's cute. And, um, Maybe old, I think I have an old letter in there from my dad, Hmm. like an old card. I think I have one in there from my grandmother. What else do I have in there? Um, Oh my gosh, maybe a coaster. Nothing too exciting. (laughs) Just personal, personal, like momentous things, like things that I'm like, I don't want to lose this. I stick it in there. I love that. Yeah. Um, Are you a mountain girl or an ocean girl? ocean. Yeah. I love the mountains. I really do love the mountains, but I grew up on the ocean in Maine 
And if you mm-hmm. take me to the beach, and I don't mean like the hot beach, I mean the rocky slash CND coastal main beach, which is completely different than yeah. like Florida or anything like that, or definitely different than Texas. Oh my gosh. But, um, I, I definitely am an ocean girl. I love the sunsets on the ocean. I love sailboats. I love every, all of that. Oh, so beautiful up there. I love that area. Have you, have you been to Maine? I like, I actually, I have been up in, I grew up in Ohio, so we would always like right. take trips right. all in those, like the Midwest area and those beaches. I mean, even like that's where I skied too. I skied up in the mountain, like those mountains. I never went yes. to like Utah or Colorado to go ski growing up. Right. It was always Midwest area and all up North. So, but, um, yeah. and the summer times up there are magical too. Yeah, but I do love hiking. So I, that's why I think I love Maine too, because Maine has hiking. They have Acadia National Park, which is a massive hike. And so you could do those hikes and then you also have, you know, the ocean. It's, it's so pretty. If it wasn't snowing all the time there, it's pretty. I love that. Are you a coffee drinker or a tea drinker? Oh, tea all the way. Oh, really? What tea? uh, I love lemon balm tea. Mm. I love, um, I drink this really yummy echinacea tea that also has lemon balm and like peppermint in it. I love chamomile tea at night. So no caffeine? Any, Are you a no caffeine person? I am a no caffeine girl. Wow, girl. If I drink caffeine, I am like a crazy rabid squirrel. No. Like it's not even, <laughs> it's like my body is having a party and I am not invited. Like it. Does, I feel so out of my body. It's not fun. I don't enjoy it at all. No. And, and the last time I had a cup of coffee, just by mistake, I was at church and I grabbed, like, I thought, I'll just have a little bit because I'm tired this morning. I'm just going to cap. And I told Vasher at the end of the day, I was, like, sweating at church. And I was so hyper and, like, not, it felt terrible until, like, 4 o'clock that afternoon. Oh, and I told Mama. him, I said, Mommy cannot have coffee. Remind Mommy I cannot have coffee. Oh, my so gosh. He doesn't, he doesn't let me touch it. He's like, no, remember, you can't have that. You're like, you're going to start <laughs> sweating, and you're going to be a rabbit squirrel. I don't know what's going to happen to you. Don't do it, Mommy. That it's is crazy. Oh, God. I can't. I, oh, my gosh. Which, I love coffee. I just, I get decaf. You yep. know, because I love the smell of it. I love the taste of it. I love little lattes, but everything is decaf for me, so. What is your favorite food? Mm, my favorite food. My favorite food is um, I don't know what is my favorite food. I, I mean, I love salads. That sounds so boring, but I love making a really big. It's so corny. A huge salad with quinoa and like tomatoes mm. and avocado, and this really yummy like chipotle mayo dressing stuff that I make and throw beans. I mean, I don't know. I love making oh, that kind of stuff. But like a I'm big trash splurge, can salad. Yes. If I'm going to splurge and like, I really love mac and cheese, of course, a vegan mac and cheese, but I, I grew up loving mac and cheese and I love mac and cheese. Mm, I love mac. I grew up with mac and cheese. When I was pregnant, I would eat cold mac and cheese with green olives on it. Odd. I know. It's so pregnant. <laughs> so gross. <laughs> That's awesome. That's funny. Um, what's your favorite place you've traveled to? Gosh, where have I traveled? I mean, not a lot, to be honest. I mean, growing up in Maine, we went to, I was able to go to Canada a lot, which Canada's pretty cool. Um, I don't know. I don't like the desert. You know, I've been to Scottsdale. I'm not a desert girl. So I, I guess just anywhere on the ocean that I've traveled is my favorite. Like, oh, I, I know, Big Sur. Big Sur was oh. amazing. And Carmel. 
Yeah. I went there and it was, that was like the perfect, okay, that's the perfect combination for me because it's mountains and it's ocean. Yeah. So Big Sur. Big Sur. Big Sur is amazing. And it's all about like healing and meditation and just chill God, vibes. Those big trees. Big oh my God. Those big trees. So beautiful. Yeah. I love Carmel and I love Big Sur. What um, is your self-care regimen? When you take care of yourself and slow down, what are you doing? Every single night I take an Epsom salt bath. I take a shower first, of course, and then I sit in an Epsom salt bath and I either um, listen to a, like a show or a sermon or read a book or something like that. But I make myself take an Epsom Good salt bath you. every single night. Awesome. And I paint my nails like once a week and watch, you know, a Netflix show. Speaking of Netflix show, what TV series yeah. are you watching right now that you're liking? Oh, Michael Jordan, of course, The Last Dance. <laughs> it's all I can eat and sleep and breathe. Oh I'm going to make a post about it actually later today after we hang up. But Michael Jordan was like my hero growing up. He's still my, I think he's just amazing. I love him so much. And so they're doing a 10-part documentary series no on way. him right now on ESPN. And it has gone through, last night was the sixth episode. So they do two episodes every Sunday. So there's two more weeks of four more episodes. And once it's over, I'll probably Ooh, rewatch the whole thing for times. Watch. What's your favorite sports team? Um, the Patriots. <laughs> the New England Patriots and the Boston Celtics because I'm a Mainer, you know, and the Red Sox. Those are my teams. Uh, but now that Tom Brady has left and gone to Tampa Bay. Yeah. I'm for sure going to watch all the Tampa Bay games oh because goodness. he and Gronk are down there now, but I love football. I could watch football all day. I love football and basketball. Those are my big sports. I, I like, that's one thing I always admire about you. I'm like, God, that girl loves her sports. She's always watching. I, She's, God. I know you're like, you are legit. You know why though? But you know why? Because I grew up in Maine where we only had four channels. We had no cable. And the only thing that was on television was sports on the weekend. You had to watch golf. You had to watch basketball. You had to watch everything. And I just, that's all I watched with my dad was sports. And then when I got old enough to play sports, I be, I am extremely competitive. And so it was just natural for me to want to play sports. And then I just fell in love with the game. I fell in love with football. I fell in love with, with basketball. Oh my gosh. What sports, sports did you play? I played field hockey being from the Northeast. So I played field oh, hockey. Wow. And I loved it. It was so fun. And I played basketball and I played, I ran track. Oh my gosh. I love it. You told, you totally remind me of a basketball player, chick basketball player. I have a girlfriend oh. of mine. You look just like her now yeah. that you said that. And she was obsessed with basketball. I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah. you're totally my friend. I was, I was, the, I was on like the JV and the varsity team my freshman year. So I would practice four hours a day and then I would play two games a week and I, or two or four games a week if we had two. I mean, I was obsessed. I mean, I, I was, I love, and again, I loved Michael Jordan. So I just wanted to play basketball yeah. all day. I was, of course. I loved it. If you were stuck on an island, what three things would you make sure you grabbed or had with you on that island? Okay. I like, I like this question because I, if I were going to eat the only, if I had only one food I could eat the rest of my life and it was on an island, it'd have to be avocado. I love avocados. They're so full of vitamins and they're just so good. I love, I could eat 12 avocados a day. Um, wait, does it have to be a thing or could I say like Vasher? Obviously it yes. have to have my child with me. Love it. You know what? It would be avocado, Vasher, and my Bible. There you go. That's perfect. I love that. If you, okay. So what are the, what are your favorite things or what do you like to do outside from teaching? Um, <laughs> what do I have time? I know. I, I do. I love to hike. Vasher and I hike a lot. 
So like if we have a break in the afternoon now that he's being homeschooled, we go on hikes all the time. All the hikes in Lakeway, we go to Mount Bunnell, we go to, we go to, Town, well, okay, so a couple of times we've gone to Town Lake, but um, we go to into Spanish Oaks. We go all, all these little places where I know there's lots of trails and things like that. So we hike as much as we can. I love, oh, River Place. I love River Place trails. So we go in there and um, we just try to be really active. We try to be outside. Obviously, we go to church once a week or when we can. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Just being love really it. active. What's yeah. your what's your biggest fear? Failure. Failure. It's always been my biggest fear since I was a kid. And it's and I've noticed that it's also Vasher's. Oh, and I don't wow. know if that's innate or if he just senses it because he's so energetically in tune with with me. But as a child, I wanted to be the best student from a very young age. I wanted to be the best basketball player. I wanted to be the best daughter. I wanted to be the best sister. I wanted to be the best helper at school, at home. Like I've always just had this really high standard for myself personally that no one has put on me. My parents didn't like drive me to do things. This is a really funny story. My dad in eighth grade said, Liza, you're such a good student. I'm going to start paying you for your grades. I said, okay. He said, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you $20 for an A and $10 for a B and no money for a C. Mind you, I'd never got a C in my life, nor did I ever. Yeah. And so I... I said, okay, great. And I came home and of course I had straight A's and he had to pay me like, I don't know, 150, 160 bucks or something. And he goes, he did it once. He never paid me again. <laughs> I was like, dad, you don't have to pay me. It's not about the money and it's not even about you. It's about me. I have a very strong personal goal to be the best at what I can be, no matter what it is that I do, whether it's being a friend or being, um, a mom or being a trainer or whatever it is. And honestly, that's probably why I was so quick to get a divorce because I recognized that the situation I was in was not allowing me to be the wife that I wanted to be. Yeah. And it wasn't wanting to be the the godly wife that I wanted to be either. And so I was like, you know what, we're going to nip that in the bud real quick before it gets really bad. Good for you, mama. That's, that's a quality. I think it's really hard to find within yourself to to have the drive and to be confident enough to connect with yourself that you know what you want, what you don't want, and what you're not going to spend or waste time on because you know in the end you're not going to fail. You don't want to fail, and you know what you have to do to get to yourself to that point. Um, what's your zodiac right. sign? I'm so curious now. Oh my gosh, you have to get. You could guess. Can you not guess? I know. I'm thinking like independent. Always by myself. Complete a leader. Strong confidence. Big hair really outgoing. God, I feel like I was going to say, I was going to say a Leo. Leo. I was like, she's either a Leo or a Gemini. One of the two. Oh no, no, I'm not a Gemini. I'm such a Leo. I'm a hardcore Leo. And I can't remember my birth chart right now to tell you like, but like my, like a bunch of stuff is in Leo. Like I'm like a Leo on top of a Leo on top of a Leo. You're like a triple Leo. I'm like a triple Leo. And then in terms of like life path numbers, I'm a 22. Do you know about numerology? Mm-hmm. So I'm a 22, which is the master number. So oh like you're, God. you're able to be like this extremely successful person. So knowing that I'm always like, no, no, I'm a 22. I'm supposed to be successful. I'm a 22. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you shoot total fire sign over here, people. Um, yeah, sorry. What are you most passionate about? I'm most passionate about um, 
raising Vasher to be a very strong, independent, God-loving, God-fearing person. That is my biggest thing. It's like, I, I don't want to mess them up, right? I think every mom has that fear. Like, oh, yeah, oh my gosh, I sure. yelled at my kid. I ruined their life. And <laughs> and so even if we get into arguments, which of course we do, I end every single night with his devotional book, his Bible book. We go over the verse. We talk about things. And we also read like fun books and things like that. But I just, I try really hard to connect with him on everything that we're doing, whether it's sports or schoolwork or just how he's feeling. Because I think the biggest thing you have to do with your kids every night is to talk to them. Because if you keep the communication open, hopefully as they get older, they'll still feel comfortable talking to you when they're in middle school, when it gets really rough and things like that. And even if you're just present, right? Like I know that once you get into middle school, he might not want to talk to me about stuff. But if I'm there every night, just hanging out with him for a few minutes, eventually he'll feel like he can talk to me. So I'm really passionate about making sure that I make him a good human because the world needs more good humans, obviously. You are an amazing mother. Oh my goodness. Thank you. Yeah. You're doing a good job, mama. Um, Thanks. My last question. I ask everybody this. Are you green juice or tequila? Oh, girl, you know I'm the green juice. (laughs) I mean, now, because the same thing with coffee happens to me with alcohol. And this is like a new thing. I used to be able to be a pretty good drinker. Shots, like whatever I wanted to drink, I was totally fine. Can't do it to save my life. I mean, I am like half a glass of wine and the party's over. So, but you know what's funny is tequila actually doesn't bother me that much. So I do love only from true food because I think their ingredients are just so fresh and lovely. But I love their like their, um, what do you call it? Seasonal margaritas. margaritas. I do love those, mm-hmm. but I'm a green juice girl. I drink a celery juice every morning, a huge one. And if I have time, I make a green juice either yes, at, during the morning for the day. I love green juice. I love that. That is like total, like I have to say, I'm like, I'm totally both. Like I'm, I'm I green yeah. juice every single morning and you know, I'm not a huge drinker, but when I do have a drink, it's a stiff little tequila and I can sip on it a little bit and I, I do just yes. fine with that. I'm My body's very sensitive to alcohol too, so I completely yeah, can relate to that. I know. Well, I think as we get older, every every part of your body, if you're really, at least if you're healthy and you're in tune with how mm-hmm. you're feeling, exactly. everyone's a, a susceptible to that. So, oh, exactly. Yeah. Um, well, girl, I am like so incredibly grateful to have you on this podcast. This is so much fun. I love getting to get to know you a little bit more and hearing about your business and your life. And, you know, I always love to end podcast episodes for our viewers and listeners, um, to be able to reach out to you and contact you or be involved in anything that you're, you're going to be offering. Like what are the, what's the next thing for you or how can people locate you and find you? So I am in, I'm in the Lakeway area, but technically it's Spicewood. I'm right off 71. It's super easy to get to me. I'm right next door to the Lake Travis Middle School. And all that information is on my website, which is EliteCorePilates.com. My Instagram is where I live and breathe. All of my business work is on Instagram. It's the same handle. It's Pilates. And, um, I try to post videos, you know, I used to do every day and now, cause I've been busier, I maybe every other day or so I encourage, you know, post encouraging thought for the days, yeah. like words of encouragement for people, because I think that's extremely important for people too. And then, um, my next thing probably is to figure out how, which this quarantine has helped to get my product out to people who aren't in Austin. Yep. So I'm going to be working on, since I've had to do a lot of zoom classes and things like that, I'm going to be working on recording videos myself and then putting them on my website 
with a login, like a member login. Love it. People can work out anywhere. Yes. And do different things, whether they have equipment or whether they just want to do floor equipment, because I think that the workout is so good that more people need to do it, obviously. And um, I want to kind of branch out in that way, but where I'm still in control of it and it's still my passion project, but I can reach more people. I love that. So look out for that stuff. Y'all, yeah. I mean, definitely if you're in the Austin area and can come in and take class with Liza, I completely recommend doing it. And I will make sure to put all of your information under this podcast description so people can find you, locate you, follow your journey, your story, and be able to hopefully jump onto the, some of those online offerings we'll be offering here shortly yeah. and soon. And this quarantine yeah. man is allowing businesses to get super creative and in, the, in yeah. certain directions that we were not expecting to go into. So I hopefully yeah. for a good thing. Yeah. Um, I know I, I posted something the other day. I thought for the day that said, if you don't come out of this quarantine with either a side hustle or a new idea or something, you've just wasted your time. Like you really like, this is a good time to reflect on what you've done and what you want to do next. Yep. I completely agree. Or things that you don't want to do anymore that you're like, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm not going back to that. Exactly. Yep. I've seen a lot of that. I've seen a lot of friends that have had different ideas now. Yeah. I love it. Well, girl, thank you so much for being on here. I'm so grateful. And y'all, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to leave me a review and and click and subscribe to this podcast. You can jump in on the next episode as we start to bust these out for season two. And I hope you guys all have a wonderful rest of your day. Mm